2: T-H-E-C-O-R-N-E-R. Terms and conditions apply. What up, everybody? Shout out to the sponsors.
1: We are back. Another YouTube video, The Corner Podcast. Kel Dansby, Andreas Hale. For you guys who watch on YouTube, you can see us. For those who don't, this is just on the regular audio on the SoundCloud, on the iTunes, wherever you guys may listen. I'm in the studio here at work. Dre is in his kitchen getting ready to go to canelo what canelo triple g what is today undercard stuff
2: uh train of round tables of the day so i gotta do some stuff over there for that but yep it's it's a uh, it's fight week man it's another exhausting fight week. not nearly as bad as mayweather mcgregor but it's it's there
1: Nah, it was good we caught some wrestling this week that was fun that was dope we did some you know it's a little bit more calm uh i haven't seen the influx of mexican fans yet just tearing up the strip They're coming Yeah, Yeah, that's what I'm waiting for. I can't drink tequila, but I'll drink something with them. It's going to be a fun weekend. Um, First, though, before we get into all of that and we start talking about the fight, I want to touch on Jamel Hill and the backlash she's gotten on social media and all platforms for what she said about Donald Trump. If you guys don't know, she tweeted that Donald Trump was a white supremacist and pretty much he's the president because other white supremacists voted for him. I have no problem with what she said. Everyone else did. It came down to even the press secretary saying that she should be fired or that it's a fireable offense, which is ridiculous. Um, Trump has said way worse shit about Obama. He obviously still has a job.
2: Yeah, I mean, how many uh, of, of fireable offenses has Donald Trump made since being elected, well, being inaugurated, and that, uh, that he could have been uh, fired over? I mean, dude, this is getting out of hand. Uh, Jamel Hill said what a lot of people have already thought. It's like, show me the lie in this statement, right? Like, I, I don't see the lie. So the fact that we, we're even having this conversation where she had, you know, people feel like she needs to apologize is complete bullshit. Um, and furthermore, yeah, I mean, come on, Trump. You, I mean, what do you, you – I don't understand when America, Americans can't – and I use that with 3Ks – can't be called on their shit. Donald Trump would refuse to speak up against Charlottesville which was clearly like white supremacist fiesta. Um, well, I won't use fiesta because Trump will want to build a wall around that. <laughs> but for what it was, he w- he refused to call them what they were. He refused to use the word Nazi. If He refused to say so many things about them. But now Jamel Holt calls you what you are and says that you're surrounded by white supremacists. Steve Bannon is a white supremacist. I mean, let's just be honest with the people that he has around him and let's be honest about his supporters, which is like Fox News, who are, are clearly a group of people who don't really care for us of the darker skin skin tone. So, you know, Jamel, I mean, I'm glad that they didn't suspend her. Um, I wish ESPN didn't even try to make her apologize or apologize for her statements. It is what it is. The president is whack. And um, more power to Jamel for saying what she said on her Twitter account. It's not even like she was on SportsCenter saying it. Which I still wouldn't have had a problem with. I would have been fine with that. Yeah, but, you know, people say things which it boggles my mind. They say you know, stick to politics or stick to sports, to stick to that. But when J.J. Watt is uh, saving hurricane victims, people aren't saying to stick to sports then. But when Colin Kaepernick is trying to take a knee for uh, minorities getting uh, brutalized by police, they want to tell him to stick to sports. When Jamel Hill is speaking out against the travesty that is Donald Trump, they tell her to stick to sports or stay in the kitchen. I've seen a lot of that. But it's a double standard, man, and its I feel bad for people like Jamel that has to catch that kind of heat because she's already getting it um, terrible in other aspects. Uh, the article in The Ringer today spoke about uh, you know, a lot of the comments that are negative are about Jamel and Michael Smith, and it's because they're black. I mean, it's not because of anything else. Okay. America just doesn't want to be calling them their shit. Y'all don't like black people. It is what it is, and y'all don't, y'all want to call us you know, uh, social uh, justice champions, whatever you want to call us, say you don't like niggas. Just say that, right? Like, don't I, say anything. Yo,
1: there was plenty of that in her mentions, by the way.
2: Of course. You know, you to hop behind the computer and say it. But it's like nobody wants to say what it is. You only got a problem with Jamel because she's a black woman. You only got a problem with Michael Smith because he's a black Man, you got a problem with Bomani Jones because he's a black man who speaks on racial issues. Race is part of our society. Y'all, the people who are listening to this podcast, y'all probably not one of them, but there's somebody who probably checked this podcast like, they keep talking about this black shit too much. They should <laughs> stick to sports and, and combat sports. That's not who I am. That's not who Jamel is. That's not who Bomani is. It's not who a Colin Kaepernick is. So get off it. Go, go play ball with Daryl Strawberry and Ray Lewis. and Fuck those guys too.
1: Oh yeah, they're both on the list. Ray Lewis is on the list. list. The list is the list is brolic right now.
2: The ca- Uncle Tom's cabin is so full of these jigaboo dark dudes. I won't even call them African Americans. Trying to get back in the good graces of massa. It's amazing how quickly they will throw another black man or woman under the bus. George Foreman, you're in Uncle Tom's cabin for saying that Colin Kaepernick is unpatriotic. I mean, you must think the same about Muhammad Ali, who whooped your ass. But it's, it's amazing how many black athletes and black people jason whitlock of course he owns the goddamn cabin but it's amazing He's renting how out rooms. rooms
1: jason whitlock's handing out room keys like here, Yo,
2: here. he is airbnb uncle tom's cabin <laughs> like that's that's jason whitlock it's just on airbnb home away wherever you want to go ray lewis there or strawberry y'all can go y'all can find him there so it's it, it's it's messed up but you know um, for those that do listen to this podcast who know Jamel, I mean, I hope you can get the word out that the corner supports her. We will always support her. We will always support anybody who speaks about racial injustice. And just be honest about Trump being a piece of shit.
1: No, nah, word. It, that's it. Like, sooner or later, you just got to speak your mind. What Staying quiet led to this shit.
2: Exactly. We can't stay exactly. quiet
1: anymore. That's, no, just, that's just what it comes down to. And I'm glad you brought up Whitlock because it's fade on sight i tweeted that i'm telling you yo he's just to the point where it's not even funny i laugh but it's not even funny anymore and the fact that fox sports lets him do this cooning shit or they support it they pay him to do cooning shit he's just on there doing his little jig back and forth nah man nah not not anymore like i said it's been too long since he's been punching the face this is what happened that's my theory (laughs) It's people go too long between periods of getting punched in the face and they forget how to act and that people still don't stand for this shit. And now he's a grown man, you know, he sue people, he can't get punched in the face. But every now and then someone just got to get caught with the sneaky. Like the white dude who was out at the little rallies and shit, supporting Trump.
2: Crying later.
1: Yeah, he didn't know he could get punched in the face. Someone just come up with a hoodie. Give him one good one. I haven't seen him since. That's what the hell you got to do. Every now and then you just got to remind somebody you get punched in the face.
2: Look, and, and the thing is, like I've said before, you know, I've had my war Wars with Jason Whitlock in the past about the Sean Taylor death and him blaming that on hip hop. This guy's been cooning for a long time, but it's got him to where he is today. People want to hire an inflammatory African-American who's willing to bash other African-Americans. Like Jason Whitlock's not going to bash anybody else. He's not going to bash Tom Brady for wearing a Make America Great Again hat. You know, he's not going to bash Dana White for being a Trump supporter or Donald Cerrone or he probably doesn't even watch MMA, but... He's not going to bash anybody else. But when it comes to a black man, oh, he's quick to blame black on black crime. He's so quick to do these things. But this is the country that we live in. This is the people we got to deal with. And, you know, unfortunately, there's not enough space for people such as myself or the Jamel Hills and yourself. Or, you know, even I mean, you know, Shannon Sharp is doing God's work on on Undisputed with with Skip Baylor. Shannon Sharp is killing it over there. But there's always going to be room for a Jason Whitlock. There's always going to be room for a Tammy Lauren. There's always going to be room for people like that who uh, are just completely disrespectful and uh, lack any empathy of the culture because they're in great financial positions. And this is how they got there. So so basically, fuck them too. Isn't
1: Tammy like 24? Tammy don't know shit about shit.
2: Yes, She's like young. She's young. Life. But you know, she's a blonde woman who's who loves to speak up against things. You know, uh, inflammatory remarks. I mean, she's like Ann Coulter's daughter. You know what I'm saying? Like they, they all are cut from the same cloth, and they know how to fan the flames to get people to watch them. And there's a lot of people that support them. And and, and furthermore, the mo- the biggest issue is like, yeah, um, there's Trump, but it's not all. It's not Trump. It's the people who support Trump. You know, Trump might not be the super racist. That a lot of us paint him out to be, you know, but it's the people that support Trump that empower him to say the things that he says. It's people that support the Tammy Lawrence of the world who empower her and make her go, hmm, I should say this shit a little bit more. So when that happens, you know, that, that's the gasoline that gets them going and it turns them into these monsters that they are today. So, yeah, man, it's, it's a mess. It's messed up.
1: That was the best thing about Jamel's comment is that she didn't say Trump is a racist. She said he's a white supremacist and that is spot on. It's not necessarily that he's the biggest racist in the world. He'll be around black people. He'll be around Spanish people. He just always thinks he's better. And that's the key. It's not that he dislikes those people. He just believes in his head, naturally, that he is supreme to these people. So they can come and they can shake my hand on this campaign, but they're going to help me get to where I'm supposed to be. And I ain't going to do shit for them. And that's the key. Transgenders, whatever, he is a white supremacist. More so than even a racist. So she was spot on. Can't even hate on that shit. Uh, Not at all. Big hand to Jamel. Had to touch on that. Uh, Thank you guys for listening to podcasts. Even though when we lead off with this shit, which a lot of places, you know, it's always crazy that we lead off with this and then make people stay into the combat sports. But y'all good. Y'all used to it. Um, It's been, what, a week and a half since we had a podcast. Y'all been on our back. So y'all going to listen to whatever we put out. Y'all going to get this (laughs) work. Outside of that, though, man, it's fight week. We are here in Vegas. It seems like we just had a fight. Another big fight. Canelo, Triple G are lining up. The hot takes are flying about just everywhere. Glasses Malone, friend of the podcast, throwing out hot takes. Royce is against you, picking Canelo over Triple G by knockout. It seems like no one can get the same prediction for this fight, and that's what makes good fights. So I'm happy to have like this this place where we could debate and it's not about foolishness. Like an MMA guy and I have to write shit about how he's going to knock out the best pro boxer we've seen in the past 20 years. Yeah. This is actually a fight where you can take whatever side you want and you have a case. And no one knows what's going to happen until Saturday, until we're done with our Shake Shack and we're in the building watching this fight go down. So now that we're here and we see the fight lead up and it's quiet, they're just ready to get in there and they're ready to throw hands. Have you changed your mind? The whole time, t- two years ago, you said triple G over Canelo.
2: Nothing's changed. No, I mean, oh, boy, why? Like, why would it change? And, and the reason why I asked I, I say this is like a rhetorical question. Why should it change? What Canelo has improved, right? But let's just be honest here. Who has Canelo really fought since Floyd Mayweather, aside from Arisondi Lara, who has been a legitimate 160 pound power pressure puncher? Who has he fought? Miguel Cotto, he was too big. Amir Khan, he was too big. Austin Trout, he barely got by. Alfredo Angulo was washed. Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. was washed. Liam Beefy Smith was way under him. So how does this prepare you for the best 160-pound fighter in the world with a ton of power? Because you've never been hit by a true 160-pounder. So how how do you prepare for this?
1: You say he barely got past Trout,
2: though. Did, Did he dominate Austin Trout? No, but It was I, a close fight. It was a lot closer. Look, look. Austin Trout beat Miguel Cotto, right? Yeah. And, and he came into the fight with Canelo and it was competitive until Canelo knocked him down and laid in the fight. Yeah. But up until that point, it was a challenging fight for Canelo. I'm not saying that Canelo should have lost the fight. I'm saying it was a close fight. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a one-sided fight.
1: I feel like Canelo has those lulls where he just takes his foot off the gas. I, people say he gets tired. People say he's conditioning. Um, I just think it's just sloppy habits that, you know, it's just hard to break habits. I think his conditioning is fine, especially when he doesn't have to cut a ton of weight since he's been making fighters fight at 155. I, I don't mind the conditioning. He's been actually knocking people out, so what do I know? He doesn't go the full when he's, you know, 155, 156. But the conditioning looks okay. Against Lara, it looked okay. He just goes through lulls where he'd rather get hit than hit people, and his feet are in quicksand, and if you're not within, like, arm's distance of him, he's not going to do anything to you. And he's not going
2: to chase you. Well, well, that's the... Like, here's the issue. Conditioning is the issue. And he's never fought somebody who's going to be... Like, look. Like, Arisani Lara, he had to chase after. And Fredo Angulo barely threw a punch. He was completely drained for that fight even started. Uh, Julio Cesar Chavez didn't want to throw a punch. Miguel Cota was too damn small. Amir Khan was too damn small. Beefy Smith wasn't too good. You look at all those guys, you put them all together, and then you look at what Gennady Golovkin presents. He's a guy who, anybody who's fought Golovkin, it's not just the punching power. It's the fact that you can't get away from him. He's going to be in your face the entire fight. People look at the Danny Jacobs fight and say, oh, well, Jacobs hit him. Jacobs is the second best 160-pound fighter in the world who had a great, what do you have, a 16-fight knockout streak? Yeah. Himself. Completely annihilated Peter Quillen. Annihilated Peter Quillen. He only lost before he went on that leave of absence when he had you know, cancer. He had the cancer issue. Yeah. Jacobs is a, is, would have washed. Well, I'm not going to say washed. He would have beat Canelo that night. Jacobs was also a lot bigger than Canelo. Jacobs was huge on fight night. And he's naturally a bigger fighter.
3: Yeah,
1: so he, to
2: try to,
1: he didn't even he, care about getting back. You know, there's a oh. weight limit for the belt. He said, "The hell with this. I'm not getting knocked out by Triple G. I'm going to come in, you know, rehydrate 20, 25 pounds more and make sure he doesn't knock me out.
2: So so Triple G beat Danny Jacobs. A lot of people was like, "Oh, it's a close fight, could have went either way." Triple G won, all right? So, and he knocked him down along the way. What does Canelo present that Danny Jacobs does not? That's my question to a lot of people. It's like, people talk about punching power. So, you mean to tell me that Canelo you you you're sure that Canelo hits harder than David Lemieux and Curtis Stevens and Danny Jacobs? Are you sure about that? He's never hit a 100 a real 100. He couldn't knock out Julio Cesar Chavez Jr. He couldn't knock out, I mean, he stopped Alfredo N'Gula, but he couldn't knock him out. And and, and N'Gula was dead to the world. He couldn't knock out Miguel Cotto. Why is he going to knock out Gennady Golovkin? Somebody has to explain this to me. What is he going to do to finish Golovkin? A guy who's never even been knocked down in amateurs, Olympics, or pro. How is this happening?
1: Yeah, it's not like Triple G has a weak chin. He gets hit a lot. He takes all the punches. Yeah, Um, you think
2: he's not going to walk through the fire to get to Canelo?
1: Canelo on, just has to—he's become a good counterpuncher. Yeah. Um, that, that's something where even the Mayweather fight he didn't really have. Before, he was always that press. Even the Mosley fight, he had to press you, press you, press you to get shots. He's become a counterpuncher, which is a great feat considering he doesn't have great feet. <laughs> like To have right. horrible footwork and become a counterpuncher, I don't know how they pulled that shit off. But he does that well, and Triple G is going to press him. So I think people would see that, like, okay, Triple G is going to just walk into one. I don't see it. I'm still picking Triple G. I, I want to say a decision, but I don't know how Triple G doesn't wear on his body and pick him apart and, and doesn't Dude, get a stoppage.
2: Look, I've told uh, I've told people, if you want to watch a fight, watch Miguel Cotto versus Antonio Margarito. That's how I believe this fight's going to go. Canelo's going to start fast. He's a counterpuncher. He has... He has allegedly click quicker feet. He moves a lot more in lateral movement. He's going to do that early. But Canelo's machismo is going to get the better of him. He's going to try to get into a firefight. He does his best counter-punching off the ropes. is where Triple G does his finest work, so when he pins you on the ropes. The biggest thing here is going to be the body punching, which can, which Triple G does better than anybody in terms of being economical and precise. He doesn't waste a lot of energy when he gets to you. What he What he does is he spends your energy trying to keep him off of you. So I figure that Canelo is going to back himself into the ropes and try to get in that little counterpunch stage where he's going to try to, you know, tuck one in and sh- shoot the left hand and try to tuck one in and take one, but you got to take one. And when Triple G hits you in the body as the fight progresses, that punishment's going to mount up and eventually it's going to break Canelo cuz he's never had to deal with it before. It's a new world for Canelo. He's never had to deal with it. Like I'm sure, in some ways, I wish I would have seen Canelo had to get in some kind of firefight with Chavez. But Chavez just didn't. Chavez tell. didn't want that. Chavez no. was
1: there for one reason only. Now was that money, and then he got robbed of it by a escort on the strip. So
2: yeah. So so Triple G just presents a different kind of uh, challenge for Canelo to deal with that he's never dealt with before, and I just don't see how the punching doesn't wear him down. Canelo needs to keep the moving up for 12 rounds because I do believe that he's going to get a few gifts on the judges' scorecards. Um, And that can happen if he uses a lot of movement, tries to steal rounds, kind of similar to what Ray Leonard did against Marvin Hagler. If he can do that, he'll be in good shape to win. But the way the Triple G cuts off the ring, the way that Canelo wants to make this a fight, I hope that Chepo and his trainers are telling Canelo, look, man, do not get into a fight with this dude. Yeah. Try to win a boxing match because you it. are not going to win a shootout. Jab you and die. counterpunch.
1: Jab and counterpunch.
2: Dude, it'll be like Clubber Lang and Rocky in the first... Like, like, he will get annihilated if he tries to stay in the pocket and try to swing with Triple G. I just don't see... Look, dude, he's not big... In, like, he's big naturally, but he fights at a smaller weight. It's not the same when you're getting hit by a guy who's the best 160-pound fighter out there who just destroys opponents. Even Danny Jacobs, like, he'll tell you that Triple G doesn't hit that hard, but it's a different kind of hard. It's like... It's the same as Margarito. He bludgeons you. He hits you. He hits you. And it's like your, your intestines and your, your insides start bleeding because he's hitting you so hard. <laughs> now, granted, Triple G does ha- not not going to have any plaster in his gloves. He's just going to be sledgehammering to the body. That's, that's going to wear a guy out. A guy who's got to move and keep his back off the ropes. I don't see how you keep that up for 36 minutes.
1: I've been saying this whole time, if this turns into a trilogy or even a rematch down the road, not immediate, I might pick Canelo in a rematch. Because age, experience, he fights a couple, maybe 260-pounders in between now and then. If he fights a Charlo, beats a Charlo, stuff like that, that helps. I think that would then prepare him for this Triple G fight. One fight against Chavez at 164, it wasn't enough. You're not going to get used to it. Time is on his side. If they keep running this back, he's going to get Triple G. It's just, it's the nature of the beach. Triple G would probably be 37, 38. If they do a rematch, Canelo would be 30. I like, that. I like those chances for Canelo. Um, yeah. He's proven that he learns and gets better from every fight. I just don't think this is the one that's going to do it. I don't think he's learned no. enough at this weight. No different than the Mayweather fight. He hadn't learned enough prior to that to mess with Mayweather. Now, after all this, and if he went with Mayweather again, who knows? He'd give him a better fight, I'll tell you that much. It'd be a lot closer. So it's all in timing and when you do it. And I think this is his learning experience. If he comes back and he rematches again in two years, then they can talk to me about picking Canelo. Can't do it this weekend.
2: No. no and, uh, yeah, like...
1: and if you knocks out Triple G, we're not making it out the arena because all the Mexican fans are going nuts.
2: Yeah, yeah, I don't see it happening. Look, it's, it's this is not Mayweather. Like a lot of people were like, "Oh, you're on Mayweather's team," and I was like, "Dude, he's just not McGregor's just not going to beat him. It's not the same. Like this is not the same. This is actually, this is a good fight. And this is going to be a great fight. But if you if you're asking me to pick a winner, like I'm not going to go against what I said two years ago, and nothing that has changed since then. I just don't see anything that Canelo's really done different except fight guys that people know. Oh, I know who Manago Koto was, and he beat him. Oh, I know who Amir Khan is, but the reality is they're not Triple G. They're all tiny guys. And then people go, oh, Kell Brook hit Triple G, so that's what their barometer is? Like, <laughs> Is our bar, like if you hit Triple G, you get credit now and Triple G goes down? Like he broke his orbital bone in the fifth round and Kell Brook hasn't been the same since. Like, come on, guys. I mean, Danny Jacobs was a legit 160-pound guy. David Lemieux was a legit 160-pound guy with a ton of power. So it's both like you look down. at these, yeah, both, both hit the canvas, the Lemieux got stopped, Jacobs made it out, but look, neither of them want to fight Danny Jacobs again, and that's for good reason, you know, I don't think, can, the Triple G, there's not enough money for him to fight Jacobs again, even though I want to see that fight, yeah. I, I still think Triple G can win that fight again, but Danny Jacobs is a guy that you don't want to fight, Canelo wants no parts of Danny Jacobs, no. even after this fight, it's far, far away from that man, he's dangerous, and I, and that's the thing. People say Canelo's opposition has been better than Triple G's. I don't agree. You I mean Besides you take from,
1: Mayweather off of the
2: Exactly. You take Floyd Mayweather off of that list, Miguel Cotto's not beating Danny Jacobs.
1: Shane. I mean, the name power. I, I see it. It's the it's the star power it's, of his lineup.
2: And and the but the only person you gotta give him credit for is Arasani Lara. But what happened? A lot of people thought Arasani Lara won that fight.
1: Yeah, it's gonna be close. And if it goes to the judges, it'll be interesting to see uh how they score these rounds and who they give it to. This crowd's yeah, gonna definitely. be loud for every one of Canelo's punches. And that can uh, yep. make a difference, you know, to anyone. So Absolutely. real quick, we're gonna take a break. We're gonna come right back. And when we come back, we're gonna talk a little bit of pro wrestling. We were just there this past week and we'll get into MMA towards the end of it. So stay tuned. John good.
2: Jones. John Jones.
1: Damn it, John. Again, John. Again. Stay right there. We'll be right back. Listen up, because we need help putting out the show that you love for free every week, giving it free to the people, now we know nobody likes filling out surveys, but we really need you to do it. It won't take you more than 5 minutes, and besides helping out the show, you'll be entered for a chance to win a $100 iTunes gift card. You know what I can do with $100 on iTunes? I'm living life large on iTunes with that. And you guys get that just for helping us out. We know some of you may have already done surveys like this in the past, but we really need you to log in and fill this thing out as accurately as possible.
2: Yeah, man. Well, I mean, once we know more about you, we'll be able to deliver the show and the sponsors you dream about. Finding sponsors who are a good fit means we're going to give you the deals and information, the brands you care about while keeping this show free to enjoy every week. Free to enjoy every week. It means you don't have to pay to subscribe for nothing. All right. If you don't care about helping us and making the show better, do it for the chance to win a free iTunes Amazon.com gift card. Right? You know, like, do it for free. Do it for the gifts. And if there's not, you know, just think about it. If there's not that many of you doing it. There's a better chance to win. So please, do us this solid and go to the corner Once again, that's thecornersurvey.com. Do that. Keep the lights on for us. Let us cater to what you mean. You know, you can tell us what you like and what you don't like, and then we can keep it all funky and knock this thing out.
1: I know the Corner Club got our back. You guys are going to fill out that survey. We're going to get more ads. We're going to be bringing you this for free for a long, long time. So shout out to y'all. We are back. Um, not much pro wrestling to talk about, so we're squeezing it into the middle segment. Uh, we're kind of in that period just waiting for the pay-per-view, right? Brock Lesnar, Braun Strowman... Are coming up it looks like we get finn balor versus bray Wyatt again um the tag team scene in raw is a little bit up in the air with ambrose and rollins yeah it's like whatever uh the women's title nia Jax, is gonna challenge for the title on monday probably not gonna win and there's a four-way at the pay-per-view so raw is with emma
2: with emma hey emma
1: she, she, she talked her way into the shit
2: Look, I like Emma, but I just don't understand how she's talked her way into this match. I mean, it really should be a triple threat. I have no idea why this is for.
1: Now or never, because Oscar is debuting soon. We saw the vignette, and okay. as long as Vince doesn't fuck it up, she's going to be the champion in a matter of months. So, but I'll take Oscar versus Sasha Banks. That match will probably be crazy.
2: Yeah, so. well, I mean, I guess we could talk about this with Oscar. With Actually, first, like watching her uh, farewell speech on NXT, I was like, man, this is. This good moving stuff, man. I mean,
1: yeah,
2: I would honestly like. I, I, I did a lot of digging about undefeated wrestlers and, and their runs. I don't think we've ever had anybody that was booked and handled as well as Oscar. You look at Goldberg, but he was like a monster. You look okay. at guys like Strowman, he was a monster. Like all undefeated guys are monsters. Oscar wasn't a monster. No, nah. he was just a a savage to deal within <laughs> the ring. And and I think two years in NXT undefeated. Um, and then the champion and her run and beating everybody. And she only kind of was a little sneaky and underhanded against Ember Moon the first time. But aside from that, I, I've never seen anything like this. And I just don't see how Raw is going to keep this momentum up. I just don't see it. She's going to lose eventually. Everybody has to lose. But
1: yeah, how? I mean, are they going to make her lose at Mania I guess her first loss? It's, it's tough.
2: It's hard because, like, everybody's got to lose eventually, right? So it's like, you look at a lot of the monsters, like Braun Strowman, I think, lost. He lost to Roman Reigns first, right? That was his first official loss? Yeah. Um, you look at Brock Lesnar, and he lost to Big Show the first time he lost, uh, when he lost the title. That's a horrible Both, loss, too. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm 90% sure that was Big Show. Or was it Was it Eddie Guerrero, or was it Big Show? Eddie Guerrero took the title from him. But yeah, I'm pretty sure it was Big Show when Paul Heyman switched allegiances. So, but the, it's usually something that, like, Those are, it's like, if anybody's going to beat him, it would be Big Show, whatever. And, like, Goldberg lost to Kevin Nash with the Scott Hall cattle prod, Like, that was stupid. But Asuka, it's like, for her to not be big, and for everybody else on the roster that has losses, it's going to be very interesting how they book Asuka and how, if she loses, when she loses, and how they bounce back after the loss. Goldberg was never the same again, right? Braun Strowman's been great, regardless. Brock Lesnar's been great, but... How do you handle somebody like Asuka? She, I, I just don't see how anybody beats her and you're just like... I thought boy. she would have
1: been okay with the loss in NXT. I didn't see it coming. Yeah. But I thought she would have bounced back and it would have been nothing. It would have been like Finn losing or Nock losing finally. It would have yeah. been like whatever. Like everyone losing NXT. The fact that she didn't is what's incredible.
2: And, it doesn't give anybody the rub. And it's kind of weird because, you know, I mentioned it before. You predicted that Oscar would vacate the title. Um, I didn't think it was going to happen because I think it kind of cheapens the title. And we can talk about this because May Mae Young Classic, which was at SmackDown Live, and Carrie Sane is going to fight for the whoever is going to compete for the title. But
1: I thought they'd just give it to her, but she's going to fight don't think for that,
2: it. See, the problem is that doesn't make sense because you have established women on the roster like yeah. Amber Moon and Ruby Riott, So, But if you have to put her against one of them, it's like if Amber wins, then she's kind of like Daniel Cormier in a sense because she <laughs> couldn't beat the person that had the title. So it's it's a very hard to book this and handle it well. I I don't know, man. I, I just it's questionable how I did. Like I had no problems with Asuka losing the Ember Moon eventually, um, but she didn't. So it's like Ember can never have the NXT title because it just won't feel right. It just I couldn't feel, be the- feel right. right. Is she? It won't. It's, it's so weird because
1: Kari saying is like such a over baby face.
2: She's so tiny too. That
1: it's gonna be like, is Ember gonna be the heel if she goes against her? Do we get an Ember heel turn? Like, is it just competition sake? Do we get a four way? Um, it's it's up in the air. I would mind for Ruby Riot, yeah, you know they tried it before with the Oscar, the three way, and yeah. Ember Moon got hurt. But I think a four way between you know those four women, they've been killing it. So might as well throw Kari Sane just- in there and just let them rock.
2: You know what's weird is, is there isn't really like a true heel in uh, NXT women's. Like Billy Kay and, and you know, they're and Peyton Royce are heels, but
1: they're like I funny like They can't
2: wrestle. Yeah, <laughs> so and, and, and now it's matter. like they're treating Nikki Cross like a babyface. You know, like Sanity's like a babyface uh, faction now. So yeah. it's like and she's saving no Ruby Riott. Yeah, I, it's there's no real heel here.
1: Ruby Riot has to turn then. Someone has to turn.
2: Well, I mean, the, the heel of your division will be Shayna Baszler if they find a way to sign her and keep her on NXT, which I think would be the smart thing to do. She's a she's a natural heel. She's a bruiser. She does everything that that a heel does, and then she has the affiliation with Ronda Rousey. That's a great heel. She's still a little green though, and there's there's always my talk. problem with Shay. She's an all right talker, but uh, you know, it's just in ring because NXT has excelled on in ring. You know, you look at Ruby, you look at Ember Moon, you look at Kyrie. Sane. they're all kind of leaps and bounds better than Shayna Baszler. So she has to be booked a certain way. So, I don't know, man. We'll see. It, it'll be interesting to see how NXT plays out for the uh, next few years.
1: There's a little hair whip chick they got down there.
2: Yeah, Belair. I think she's actually pretty good. I like it. Yeah,
1: they got the other MMA chick, which I feel like Shayna Baszler would just take her character.
2: And murder her. Because she's not, <laughs> like, she was on Tough Enough or whatever it was. Yeah. Like She kind of fell into the MMA character and it was like. You're not really MMA girl. So it's like, you're, you're, it's like cosplay. It's like you're yeah, acting she, like an MMA fighter, and I'm not buying pseudo-MMA
1: fighter. Um, so, yeah, no, we, we saw we were in the house at the Thomas & Mac for the final of the May Young Classic. Match started off slow, but I think it ended well. Ended solid. up being a solid match. Um, we didn't stay for the main event, quote-unquote, the tag team match with Nakamura and company. Um, didn't even stay for 205 Live because Dre is not having any of that
2: no man I just don't think 205 <laughs> Live is a good show and I feel bad because I think Cedric Alexander is excellent uh, I think they have some excellent talent on there but I'm just not interested in the show
1: oh it's Alexander versus Gallagher
2: yeah he went heel right yeah
1: that's gonna be good I don't,
2: I don't care though like it's just <laughs> nothing about two aside from Neville and, and Enzo I, no I don't
1: care
2: about no, that no you don't care about because he, he just he doesn't even have the work rate that the other guys have he hasn't done anything to prove to me that he can beat Neville in a match and I'd be like that's believable. I just don't see it. Neville's too good. Um, and Enzo being there is for star power alone, and he's not really that good in the ring game. Like, d- Dude, it was like the death meal. Him and Cash splitting up was just terrible. Now Cash is on the shelf. Enzo's trying to rejuvenate 205 Live. i sure sucked to before him. then. Uh, just a, it was a bad decision. You don't break them up. It's just like New Day. There's no reason to break them up, and people are like, yeah, they're kind of stale, but... Maybe you can see a reason why now, but Enzo and Cash just got there. It do not even live like a full year yet. Stupid.
1: Stopped. It. They stopped the machine. They got antsy. Vince saw the size and stopped the machine. Talking about Vince, we saw Vince on SmackDown.
2: Yeah. And, Mur-
1: oh, he took that headbutt like he was in New Japan. Vince has been watching the indies. I know it. He took that headbutt like he was taking it from Shibata.
2: Man, all right, first of all, I got to give credit to Vince for taking this headbutt because I think it was utterly ridiculous that a 70-year-old man gets headbutted by Kevin <laughs> Owens. Um, but I think there's no way that Kevin Owens doesn't come out of this as good as he is as a champion within the year, within the next six months. You don't get exit a feud with the McMahons without being on the path towards a championship. And Kevin Owens is, by and large, the best heel in WWE right now. Yeah. Like, like, there's, and with this McMahon feud, with him just annihilating Vince like this and how this thing is going to play out the hell in the cell, he's too good, man. This is how you put a guy over. But, and I mean, then
1: Kevin Owens versus Knock would have
2: to be the program? Eventually. I mean, look, if Kevin Owens and... Knock James, is
1: being Jinder Mahal.
2: I mean, I hope so. I think it would ruin Nakamura if he didn't beat Jinder Mahal a second time around. I think it would absolutely ruin him. But... Kevin Owens eventually will have to cross paths. I believe, well, I can't even see. WrestleMania is too far ahead. I have no idea who's going to be where. There might be a roster shakeup. But I feel like Kevin Owens has to hold this title at some point. You know, you need a, a, a heel to have the title that a babyface is going to chase. And it's kind of weird now because you look at the SmackDown roster and you see you have Kevin Owens as your top heel. And if he eventually gets his hands on the title, you have a, a top heel who's also one of your best workers as a champ. But you already ran the, the AJ Styles program into the dirt. So where do you go after Nakamura if that's the route you go? We saw that you, on if, Tuesday.
1: We saw where it's going to go.
2: What? I can't remember. The
1: Sami Zayn program. You've never run. Yeah, I mean, I you, mean you, God, you, you did it for no reason, and it was dope for like two months, and then the brand split happened, and it was done. I'm not resting until we get the Kevin owens Sami Zayn ladder match at Mania. I don't yeah. care. It will be yeah. for the title, and you got to run that shit again.
2: You're absolutely right. The problem is, is there's no juice behind Sami Zayn right now. Was, no,
1: no, not behind Sami. Th- but they, they, that's what they, they threw him back into it like, oh, there's no other reason for Kevin Owens to say, I'm going to fire Sami Zayn. He brought that shit out of nowhere. Sami Zayn was on the dark match. Like, he was fighting his own damn business.
2: But, I mean, Sami's just not on any kind of roll. You have to build momentum for it to make sense for a Zayn. I mean, Zayn and Owens are always going to be, be a great rivalry. It's just you got to build towards it. And how do you build towards it if Sami just – he's losing to Aiden English. You know what I'm saying? Like he lost the week – last week's Aiden English. Not this week in the dark match. But that's not a feud that's going to help Sami Zayn. You know, so it's going to be interesting how SmackDown lays it all out. But, yo, Vince taking that headbutt, like, you know – Taking I know a Bruce, frog splash? Yo, so Vince had to be like, you know, Kevin, this is what I want you to do. And Kevin's like, are you sure? And Vince is like, lay it right in. Ah, whatever. <laughs> And he took it, and I know after it, Kevin had to be backstage like, Stephanie, I'm sorry. like Shane, I'm sorry. <laughs> Gorilla, bro. like, oh, I was, shit. <laughs> I almost killed your dad because, like, that headbutt was – that was Shibata-level type of headbutt.
1: Yeah, concussion he protocol. <laughs> so the
2: the feud is going to have a ton of heat. It's going to be the biggest thing on, on, on Hell in a Cell, just like AJ's feud with Shane was. But I think Kevin Owens is a better antagonist than AJ Styles was with Shane. Like, I think – Dude, Kevin Owens might be number one on the, power, the PWI list next year. If, he can, if they handle this right, I don't think there's anybody better than Kevin Owens.
1: No, but we've been saying that for a while. I mean, he's been flirting with that upper level. If they give him the belt, this is where he takes
2: off. Yeah, he had the belt last, you know, last year, and we saw how well he did with that. He was a great universal champion. Like, it was like a testing phase because Finn Balor was hurt. But you see, like he, he generates heat um you know you you'd love to watch like he's a great worker like it's it's hard to find guys who can do both like Jinder Mahal is not that he generates heat for all the wrong reasons and his work is subpar in the ring yeah but Kevin Owens he's always been good always Kevin Steen days like people if you if you listen to this and you watch WWE and that's it I advise you to go back and watch Kevin Owens and ROH watch him in PWG the guy's just an, an amazing talent. He's one of the best wrestlers I've seen in a long time.
1: And I forgot, Bobby Roode, if they keep him face, would also be the other option versus Kevin Owens, heading into Mania.
2: They Dude, he can't be a babyface.
1: I don't Bobby, want him as a babyface either. That's just what people say.
2: He's just absolutely not a babyface. Yes, the music is over. I mean, we love the glorious theme song, but people love the glorious theme song. NXT, still a heel. Yeah. He's the the proverbial heel. He's the douchebag. He's everything. Like, when he was in TNA, he was a great heel. When he went on his singles run after he split up from James Storm from AMW. Great heel. Not a babyface. Cut it out, guys. Get it together.
1: Yeah, stop stop messing shit up, Vince. Maybe the headbutt cleared Vince's head up, and we'll get some good booking.
2: I don't think so. (laughs) But I think Vince knows what he's doing with Kevin Owens. I think Vince finally sees it. I think it took him a while. He's like, who's this fat bastard that wrestles in a T-shirt? And Triple H's like, oh Vince, you gotta, you gotta check him out. And eventually Vince is like, I see it. I think that like that headbutt was Vince finally seeing the light on Kevin Owens and um, believing in that man. Then that means when
1: Nak loses to Kevin Owens, he's going to go on the program with Shane McMahon because this is just the
2: cycle. Uh, dude, Nakamura is the weird. He's the strange. Between him and Finn Balor, I don't know who's being handled worse because you're putting you're putting Nakamura on the rocket ship too soon where he lost to gender, and it's like, okay, he lost, but he can't lose twice. And then when he wins, like, Kevin Owens is so on fire, I can't necessarily see him just getting over on Nakamura that quick. Who's yeah. Nakamura going to feud with? He already feud with Doc Dolph Ziggler. That's the only Who's heels.
1: On? There's only one heel left. You Baron know.
2: Corbin? I'm okay.
1: No, not even Corbin. I'm just saying, like, there's only th- what, yeah. three heels on the whole SmackDown roster. Like, you're running the gauntlet.
2: Yeah, right like, now. Rusev, they kind of trashed, and it made him lose to Randy Orton. Like, it's just... They got to figure this thing out, man. It's, they, it's, maybe they need another brand shakeup or what have you. But it's just they're misusing the talent, except for Kevin Owens. Kevin Owens is great. And okay. AJ Styles, who's phenomenal as well. And Braun Strowman. Yeah, Braun is remarkable. They're, booking, they're Cena, booking
1: three people. Oh, and yeah. Cena. But Cena Cena Cena.
2: Cena Cena. Cena and Reigns is an excellent feud. I think it's too soon, but we've already talked about yeah. that. But other than that, there's some kinks they got to work out.
1: All right, so we're going to take our last break. We're going to come back. We're going to talk MMA. Because we had a card last weekend, we have one this weekend, and then a pay per view here in Vegas in a couple of weeks. So we're gonna touch on everything, and of course, John Jones when we come back. Christ. All right, everybody, before we continue to talk more combat sports, we've gotta give another thanks to Casper Mattresses. Casper Mattresses combine two technologies springing latex foam and supportive memory foam to create an award-winning sleep surface. Have y'all ever slept on memory foam? It's like floating on air. It's that great. And this is how we get our sleep. So you guys make sure that you check it out. Casper mattresses are made in the USA and have free shipping and returns to the US and Canada. Shout out to the great north. You can buy your Casper mattress easy online and it's completely risk free
2: look dude you spend like a third of your life sleeping and casper understands the importance of trying out a mattress before you commit look so if you aren't satisfied with the casper mattress you got a hundred day period yeah that's right hundred days you know like a hundred days of sleeping by, by about that time i think i know if i like my mattress so get a Casper mattress for $500 for a twin or $950 for a king size. And you can save an additional $50 towards your Casper mattress by going to casper.com backslash the corner and entering the promo for the corner. That's casper.com backslash the corner promo code.
1: We are back. What's up? Shout out to everyone watching on YouTube. You can see my new day t-shirt. You know, I, I got have- a Heisenberg t-shirt. <laughs> in honor Great of the enough. New Day winning the titles in Vegas this week and Kofi Kingston twerking. I had to rock my New Day t-shirt to work. <laughs> um, but we're talking MMA and we're
2: talking Johnny Bones Jones.
1: Someone who we may see in the WWE because he ain't got shit else to do.
2: I mean, they they tried it. b sample won't come back positive. They tried it. b sample came back positive.
1: Damn right it did
2: effectively stripped dc's the champion again and the light heavyweight division is in absolute shambles right now
1: the, we're gonna get to david branch here in a second but the middleweight division so stacked yeah if he loses i don't see why he doesn't go up
3: just
2: go up to david light
1: heavy branch? yeah like you yeah, were just not? light heavyweight champion and light heavyweight is thin as hell you go there two fights you're fighting corby
2: i mean there's a lot of guys like chris wyman he's a guy who could go up to light heavyweight immediately uh you look at this the the middleweight division is so loaded and it's such it's such flux thanks to George St. Pierre and this Michael Bisping fight that there's guys that should be looking up and be going hmm yeah maybe I should just go up to 205 and you know it's a 20 pound jump but a lot of these guys are cutting weight you look at guys like Luke Rocco who's a big middleweight Chris Ryman very big middleweight uh yeah David Branch fought at light heavyweight so I get it I get it um yeah John Jones man uh do you think he gets it with a four-year suspension?
1: I think he gets two.
2: I think he gets four. The last one was two.
1: one. I know people think he's going to get, like, you know, make the example of him. You know, you can't really run a foul so many times. It's such a weird steroid, like PED. It's, like, from the 60s. They'll create some crazy concoction on why it was in his body, and they'll give him two for negligence again. But won't say he cheated willingly, and he won't get four. I think he gets two. I'm not sure what we see when he comes back, but then again, he's only 32. DC's is the champion at 38 39. You get six more years yeah. of John Jones in a weak division. he can still be the greatest ever. I don't know. It's so weird.
2: It's hard, man, because it's like to say he's only get you know it's not even making an example out of him. It's like saying, like, dude, like we just did this to you. like you've already you've been stripped twice, right? or three times, twice. three times.
1: No, he stripped of the title
2: and then stripped of his interim. Oh, there you go. He stripped of the title, stripped of the interim, and then now stripped of this title.
1: Yeah. Oh. Because he had to... Yeah, it's yeah. three. <laughs>
2: three times. Three times. In three years, this man has botched being the greatest MMA fighter of all time. So, the sanctions from Usada will come down, who don't care what he's did. It's just the fact that he failed another drug test in competition sample. And it was literally a fight removed from what just happened. So, I don't even see how this man gets anything less than four years. If it goes two years, if they find some pity on him and say, oh, we'll give you two. California State Athletic Commission always going to levy a sanction as well. So, he could have another sentence from them for. Well, he's not
1: going to fight. Yeah, he's not going to fight in Cali. Then just fight in Vegas.
2: But he'll probably, like, Nevada State will probably fall in line with California.
1: And not concurrent? You think they're just going to top it?
2: they might add to it. I mean, this we're in a situation where John Jones, I mean, if you're the UFC, can you even trust John Jones ever again? This is like a legit question now. It's like, yeah, you know, he's the greatest fighter that we've ever seen and never lost inside the cage, but the guy's he's he's a sociopath. Yeah. Can we ever trust him ever again? And what I said before holds true once again. You can never give this man an immediate title shot. I said no, before he you should have Alex like I, you don't learn by putting him back in there for the title. So it's like and with the division so thin, who knows what happens in two years, but it's like, come on, guys.
1: Cormier will be trust. gone in two years. He'll be forty. More than
2: likely. And I mean Cormier wants to fight him again. I, I'm sure but at forty, you know, he's not gonna win. So it's like but do you do you uh, want John Jones to sit on top of your division again in two to four years?
1: I guess you don't have a choice, right? What is he gonna sit on top yeah, of Bellator? A Yeah, I mean... I mean, the guy doesn't sell that much anyway. So if you do cut your losses, how much are you cutting?
2: Yeah, it's it's like the Jon Jones situation is an interesting one because Jon Jones is the best MMA fighter that we've seen, but he never really had the opportunity, because of his own detriment, to his own detriment, to show mainstream America that he's the best fighter in the world. And because of that, when when this happens, people are like, well, he's your best pound-for-pound fighter, but he's not your biggest cash cow. Conor McGregor is. Yeah. You know, George St. Pierre is going to get sell more tickets. You are – he is a guy that, you know, his popularity has is, is risen because of his transgressions outside of the cage. But he's not a guy, if you lose him necessarily, that's going to break the bank. Like, it'll be great for Bellator. to get more eyeballs on Bellator. But can Bellator trust him? You know what I'm saying? It's like there's so well, much – I mean, Bellator trusted
1: Kimbo Slice and Dada 5000. They'll be yep.
2: out. That's just <laughs> It's just, can you trust him to, to not fail a drug test? That's the problem. And, it, and again, it's not like we're looking at John Jones where we're saying that he's a rampant steroid user. It's not even that. It's negligence. The man is just a negligent guy who just thinks he's above the law.
1: That's it. Because he doesn't need it. He beat Cormier with good scouting. He beat Cormier with something he saw two years ago. That kick would have landed juiced up or not juiced up. He would have been fine. Mentally. He doesn't believe in himself.
2: No, he's a broken man. You know, it's like a lot of people call Ronda Rousey broken and say that she mentally doesn't have it when she's not winning. Could or could not be the case. You know what I'm saying? I think MMA just caught up to her. I think there were just better women who figured out how to beat her and she convinced herself she was a striker. John Jones is different. John Jones knows, should know he's the best fighter in the world, but there are some insecurities in John Jones that we can't define. And I don't even know if rehab and therapy can figure out. So. The man's just, you know, he's a habitual line-stepper. and At a certain <laughs> point, you got to say, how many times can we allow this man to cross the line? Now, that's if, it, if, yo. I'm if it's me, you, I, I kind of let him go.
1: I had a radio spot before the last fight, and they said, hey, oh, right after. And they were like, John Jones, a changed man. Do you believe i us? I tell you, I, I got quiet. I was like, come on, man. Come on. I'm never falling for that shit again. And look, at, he always he proves us right.
2: He hey, was
1: he. who we thought he was.
2: Yeah, you was who you was for you got here. Where did Jay Z? That's <laughs> that's who you always been. So, forget about it. Let's let's yeah. talk about last week's. Well, well, well yeah. Let's listen, talk
1: about last week's card, which was, was mediocre. How about that? At best, yeah,
2: this was mediocre. But um, let's talk about getting Melendez's leg, though.
1: Ooh, that was nasty. Uh, Here's the question. Well, he kept getting Here's up though. He's tough,
2: well, tough as hell. My question: to you, Should he continue fighting after that? After that, that bruise, that that things began to develop. Was it smart for him to continue fighting that fight?
1: Yeah, I mean, he had to. What else? What is his other options? He has I, one win in the UFC. Ever. Look, Ever. I think there
2: I think it was a horrible decision to let him fight. Continue fighting. By his corner. I mean, what? You're risking that man's future. Like, that leg. What, what future? future?
1: He has one win.
2: But but here's my point. He may not be able to physically compete. You don't know what you're trying that man out to with that kind of a leg injury. Like, that was an abnormal growth on his leg from, like, the second Jeremy Stevens leg kick. And you still got another, like, that happened, like, two minutes into the fight. You still got another 13 minutes to go of a man kicking your leg. And Stevens, much credit to him for continuing to kick the leg because that's what you're supposed to do. But you could tell he was like, come on, man. Like, you're you're, you're like a, a one-legged fighter. Like, this isn't even a fight anymore. Gilbert Melendez had no chance of winning that fight. So what's the point of trotting him out there? And risking the man's future, not in the cage, but standing up. I don't I, I just don't understand why. Much I, I respect his heart. I think he like he's a warrior, but his corner should have looked at him and was be like the last time we I saw th-
1: someone throwing the towel.
2: I can't even think.
1: It, it can't be. It's not within the last three years. It takes some <laughs> shit to throw in the towel. Look,
2: man, all you had to do is go to the doctor and be like, Stop this shit. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like you you see come on, doc, you see. He made it the to doctor, the corner.
1: That's the key. He made it back to the corner. I, I just don't I just let him don't... leave the corner.
2: <laughs> nah, man, he made it back to the corner. He could barely stand on that leg, put any weight on it. Like you're risking a man's future, and for what? You know, for like what? Whatever he's making, what's he making? Fifty four and fifty four. Like, is that what he's doing? Meltwater is doing. Well, he's pretty much making fifty
1: four because he doesn't win. He doesn't win that, anymore. He gave his all in WEC, and shout out to him. But that was it.
2: Uh, Something about a uh, uh, strike force. Strike force. Yes. He was a champ. Force.
1: Yeah, Strikeforce champ. And, uh, yeah, that was it. And he left it there. And there's no shame in that. He was one. Of, he was a beast in Force. No, no shame. Just he,
2: he came down to featherweight and he ran into Jeremy Stevens. I mean, that fight probably would have been different if it went a little bit longer and he didn't hurt his leg. It could have been an interesting fight. But...
1: Once again, they gave him a, a top guy, too. Like, they do that all the time. Like, damn, you're not going to give... There's no warm-up phase.
2: Nah. no. They, they came to the Wolves. Like, um,
1: Pettis did the same. He moved down. He just... Do they give him Barbosa or some shit. Like, yo.
2: He like, went to featherweight and fought Charles Oliveira. Oh, Oliveira. Then he, yeah. yeah, then he fought Max Holloway. Well, was it Max Holloway directly after? And got annihilated?
1: Shit wasn't easy. Yeah,
2: it was. He was drained in that fight. Um, But yeah, give him, I don't think he should have fought. Uh, Let's talk about Nunez-Shevchenko real quick.
1: It's the third round swing round, right? So I, yeah. <laughs> I had it with Nunez winning. Um. It's the case of them being two really good fighters, and the case of, and I saw someone say it on Twitter, where now it costs you so much to lose the belt, that when you get it, you can't be aggressive anymore, because you're you're, you're going from, after pay-per-view, even though the pay-per-views don't sell a ton, but you still get pay-per-view points, you're going from a million dollars to a 60 and 60, it's not worth it, it's not. Not against these elite-level strikers. No. Like, I'm not taking any chances. I'm going to be Woodley, and you're going to cut me this damn check? Because that that's just it. Everyone is now Jose Aldo. For years, I've accused Jose Aldo of being safe, and he lost that killer instinct, and he was just in there to survive and protecting his title. Everyone's doing that now because that's the only place the money comes from, unless you're a grandfathered in, like, over it.
2: Yeah, it's tough when you're. You know, you look at this fight. I don't think it was a robbery. Um, a lot of people said it was a robbery. I thought it was close. Um, you know, granted, I was busy watching the Chocolatito fight when Man Amanda New Year started. And, you know, the whole Chocolatito thing, I mean, God, we didn't even get the chance to talk about it. But uh, the fall of Chocolatito has been something else. And listening to a lot of people saying Chocolatito wasn't that good is ridiculous. He was in over his head against Oroviso. But uh, so I missed the first two rounds, and I went back and watched them, And I still picked up Chango to win, but this wasn't a robbery. This wasn't like anything that made me say, oh, man, Amanda Nunez shouldn't be the champ. I can see Nunez winning. I'm not arguing with that decision. But it's exactly what you just said. Fighters are so scared of losing the financial upswing of being the champion that they're here to protect rather than attack. And you can't blame them for it unless no. you change that pay structure. Like when Connor comes back, that pay structure is going to have to change because, dude, he's not coming in for cheap.
1: But who does it change for?
2: Well, the cha- parents. He
1: changed it already, right? That Aldo fight where Aldo backed out, it changed to 500k automatically, and that's what everyone else is on. If you're a champion, you're making at least 500k. Well, not now, necessarily. Who? Which champion is it? Champions get How 500k much, to show.
2: Did, did New Year's make 500k?
1: I believe so. I haven't she, seen the payouts. Her her past two, she made 500k because she main evented She main evented the Vegas fights. So Jeez. it was a
2: five hundred. Five hundred. Was there a win bonus? I don't, I'm, no, I'm,
1: no bonus. It was five hundred and then pay per view
2: points. Okay, so but I mean, but the, therein lies your problem. It's, there's no upswing? You know, five hundred, half a million dollars, a lot of money, great. But when Andre Ward's is fighting for seven million and nobody's watching his fight, no, and you know, it's, it's
1: not great. But I'm saying five hundred. Connor set that bar, and then now you're yeah. seeing Connor. He set the bar with the Nate fight with the one mil because Nate got over a mil. And with the first Nate fight. So Nate got that mill and Conor got whatever the hell Conor got. But people are like, yo, we at least got to get what Nate made because we're champions. So now DC wants the mill. Uh, Mighty Mouse is clamoring for the mill. That That's going to be that new standard. So even if Conor comes back, he's only going to set the bar to a mill. And that's still only going to be for championship fights. Everyone else, you're still on like your 80 and 80 if you're lucky. It's Someone fought tough, for man. a 16 for 16 and got wrecked last weekend.
2: Yeah, I mean, dude, Kevin Lee is on his original contract fighting for the interim title, which I believe is a sixteen and sixteen, might be a thirty-two and thirty-two. But he said he didn't renegotiate his contract. Eddie Alvarez, when he fought Conor McGregor, was on his original contract,
1: which is a brick. Now, now he's on FS1.
2: Yeah, well, you know, he's getting ready to fight Justin Gaethje, who's probably going to wreck him. But who
1: I watched that Ultimate Fighter is not the greatest um, as far as competition and skill wise. But Gaethje is hilarious, and his eyes never go straight, which is the most amazing thing I've ever
2: seen. Yeah, gauge is an interesting guy. But you got to love him. But it's just, it's all, it all comes down to, you know, we watched this card, and Nunez Shevchenko wasn't— I mean, the Women's awaiting division was the glamour division for a while with Ronda Rousey on top. Now the title's changed hands so many times, and now it's in Nunez's hands, who fought a boring fight to a lot of people with Shevchenko. And people are going to get mad at Nunez, but— it's not her fault, dude. It's, this is the UFC's fault for creating this monster where a guy like Tyron Woodley, who can knock people out, has to strategize and make sure he protects that title because losing that title means you essentially lose everything. Anthony Pettis ain't making the money that he was making when he was once champion. No. You know, it's like the middle like it's like Luke Rockhold's not making that money, Chris Weidman's not making that money. The, the, the mighty fall hard, and it's unfortunate, but the UFC has they have to do something. These fighters need they still need a fighters union. And they gotta do something because they are getting shortchanged. And it's affecting the fans.
1: It is. It's affecting the quality of pay per views. Cause now you can watch FS one fights and be like, all right, cool. Because the people have nothing to lose. Those are still pretty dope. But if you want to sell pay per views and the people at the top of your pay per views are scared to death, why buy it? And it's that's tough, man. that's what they gotta figure out.
2: Yeah, it's tough. And, you know, and speaking of pay-per-views, I guess we can end on this note. Then you know the Vegas card has now added Demetrius Johnson versus Ray Borg, which is still not a fight that anybody was like, "Oh my god, I need to see it." But we'll get to I'm see. I'm happy Ray- about
1: that. I yeah. mean, we get
2: to see Demetrius Johnson, you know, make history in Vegas because uh, the main
1: event it. was what
2: Ferguson and Lee.
1: I mean, excuse me. The co-main.
2: What? Uh, Black Beast. Yes. For Black whom? Beast. Yeah, that was the That's cold not man, a, which cold still a great, It's a good it's fight. It's still a good fight. Man. It's not a main for a pay-per-view.
1: Yeah. So like, now, now it's a, a legit pay-per-view. And then the yeah. New York card is stacked. So,
2: Which is, I mean, this New York, like the stacking of multiple titles on one card, like I get it, but does it really translate into sales? Like does it really get you the extra edge, or could you save a couple titles for another pay-per-view?
1: But, I mean... What it comes down to is that they should be like the WWE and condense once again to the Big Four, have a Big Four pay per view structure, and put the rest on television.
2: I don't think they should do a Big Four. I think you still have to have you, you know a good amount of pay per views, but not as many. I don't think you have to have one every month. I can think you can do one every ninety days. Um, it's just weird. Like you look at that that Madison Square Garden card. Yeah, it's loading. and you know you always have to hope that somebody doesn't fall out because it's it's a great card. Um, but I just don't know. Like adding Rose, Diamond, and Joanna and Jacek, does that really get you over the hump? Does that does that turn your seven fifty into a million? Do yeah. two hundred fifty thousand people care about Rose and, and Joanna? Probably. Not. Or is that better suited on a different car? You know, if like if you put Rose or if you put Cody and TJ in Vegas and left Rose and, and, and Joanna in, mm-hmm. in New York, I think that helps the Vegas car because I thought before DJ got hurt, the Vegas car wasn't that good. No. it couldn't use another title fight. Yeah. It's weird booking. WWE's having it. UFC <laughs> is having it. The only person who's not having problems with booking is boxing, boxing. right now.
1: And which boxing is odd because they've had booking problems for decades.
2: Criticism out the yin-yang for years, and now boxing is getting it right in New Japan, of course. And everybody else is getting it wrong.
1: Well, listen. We just found out that uh, the Bronze Bomber is going to be fighting in New York same night.
2: Luis Ortiz, and that's a Big heavyweight fight. Do- the boxers doing everything right, man. They're
1: everything not, that they're do- not scared to go toe to toe with the UFC.
2: No, and I, why would you at this point?
1: If it's not Connor, then I don't we'll take- care. Yeah, we'll take our chances.
2: Yeah, like go saying. ahead and do it. Like we got the biggest fight that's going to happen. It's going to do the most pay per views. Like the two biggest fight pay per views are going to be both boxing matches.
1: Oh yeah,
2: and then when Connor comes back, he'll, you know,
1: he'll write the, the shit. Front. Yeah, kind of, but
2: but we'll you can't see. fight every pay per view. So there's that.
1: Yeah, we'll see. We'll see. That's our show for today. Andre's got his healthy man, drink, getting ready for the Gambucha, weekend. Campucha,
2: baby. It's Kavita, ginseng and mandarin. Yeah, you, it keep, out you keep
1: drinking all that random hoity-toity stuff so we can drink this weekend. You can be nice <laughs> yeah. and refreshed and your body's right for a weekend oh, of drinking man, with this. the Mexican fans. Um, make sure you guys follow us on all our social media. Check out... The videos for each podcast on YouTube, they're up now. You can see us in all our glory. Andreas got the distinguished man Greys in the beard. Yes, crazy. Hey, we're living it up now. This is what happened. He's drinking fancy little spinach drinks or Mandarin drinks, and he got the gray in the beard. Old man Andreas is in full effect on the podcast. Um, Outside of that, man, thank you guys for tuning in. You know, we'll be back again next week. I'm telling you, we'll be back next week. Around this same. time, Big stuff coming. Trying to get this merch deal finalized. So you can finally get this corner podcast merch. Out to the people. Rocking our own t-shirts on the the show. So uh, yeah look out for that man. Until next week though. We're out.
3: Peace. Whether you're a world class athlete. Or a podcaster like me. We all understand the importance of mental and physical well being. And proper recovery for top notch performance.